Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Wrestle Talk podcast. I am your host Tempest. Again, you don't usually get to hear my voice first, but this is what happens when Pete decides to abandon me and stop watching NXT. So instead of Pete, I'm once again joined by a more fabulous co-host than he could ever be. It's SP3. How are you doing today, my man? You just you just warmed my heart, Tempest. I always have a great time talking with you, NXT, wrestling, New Japan, and of course, you know, we're on an extra, so Euphoria as well. So this is great to be back here on a Wednesday with you, sir. Oh, yes, and we, we're going to get into that. I care much more about talking about things like Euphoria than I do about actually talking about NXT, although that might not be the case today because this was a pretty happening episode of nxt you know the last time we were like what do we talk about on this show i mean bobby Roode came back i guess that's kind of neat this time it's like well there's certainly something to talk about so we will be getting into talking about the dolph ziggler main event moment capturing the nxt championship the shocker of all shockers but we're not quite there yet first we do have to get through this little bit of podcast intro and what better place to talk about our favorite show which wrapped up a week and a half ago and i've not gotten to talk to you about it yet it's euphoria sp3 give me your your fairly spoil i don't know if you can't give spoiler free thoughts about a season finale but what did you think (laughs) I was on the edge of my seat, um, especially for the middle portion of it. I I do have a little bit of nitpicks. I wish that, you know, you we both know, if we're doing a spoiler-free review, we both know what moment had everybody on the edge of their seat. That mm. should have been the ending because mm. everything came off a little bit flatter after that. Like, anytime they went back to the play, I was like... I just I'm praying I'm doing like prayer hands emojis <laughs> for ashtray and fez the entire time so like yeah I, I wish they would have put it's it's kind of like a pay-per-view that you love but the mm. match order you would have switched up a little bit that's how I feel about the euphoria season finale very interesting yeah I, I feel that I really do I don't know this this 
episode, of course, because this was the season finale, it was kind of like, okay, so we're not getting episodes about this person, this person, this person, this person, this season. Yeah. I was like, okay, that that's fine, I guess. I was kind of maybe expecting that. I still don't know why BB is in this show. It's been two seasons. I think she's had like four lines or something like that. I feel really bad. She, I don't know, I was just expecting her to have an episode this season. But half the time, like, she wasn't even in the play. Did she show up, like, junior year or something? Is she just the friend that came into the group, like, late? I don't know. But regardless, I don't know. My thoughts on season two as a whole, now that I've seen the whole thing, I don't think they quite nailed the 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 friendship dynamic group high school thing like they did in the first season that really drew me to that first season because i loved how all the characters interacted with each other you didn't need like an establishing scene having like cat talk to fezco to understand why she would go and ask them about bitcoin or whatever no you just kind of understood that like everyone kind of knows everyone it's high school they all kind of know the guy that you know sells weed over at the, the gas station you know he's cool and hangs out like everybody knows everybody i didn't quite get that same feeling in this season because instead of having like really good friendship dynamics and having everyone dealing with their own thing they turn the friendship group against each other which yeah is a decision but i don't know i think i would have just kind of liked to see these friends kind of just grow and continue to deal with their own separate things but i don't write it I don't book this show. <laughs> I, I do understand where you're coming from because I feel like the play would have been a lot more effective and impactful if they would have focused more on the season on them. Um, I felt like the the season highlights is like Rue's kind of the the rise and the the rise fall and rise <laughs> again of Rue. Uh, the the whole love triangle, which is one of the best love triangles they have done in television mm. in a long long time. I would put that up there in the upper echelon with Pacey. Dawson and uh, Joey from back in the day with Dylan, uh -huh. Brenda, and Kelly from 90210. Like, this is like <laughs> teen drama, uh, love triangle, epic, uh, you know, proportion with Cassie, Nate, and uh, Maddie. Love the, the interaction between Maddie and Cassie. Cassie getting on stage and at the same time, she's still in that playing the victim mode, but more mm. she embraced being the villain. So it was like a nice little balance. That was like the highlight for me of that second. And of course, the the rise, the full on rise of the greatest playwright in American television history, Lexi. Yes, Le you know, Lexi went from a character that was on like the bottom of the list yep. as far as like my favorites in season one and shot up like the only person she couldn't pass is Fesco because <laughs> Fesco, I just have like that. And then the scene yeah. with him, like it was just like, if there was another way to make him more sympathetic and more loved by the people, they did it right there. I completely agree. These are the like two single most likable characters in the show at this point. And there were a lot more candidates for likable characters in the first season. Yes. I got rid of a bunch of them in this second season. Where's so. McKay? Well, <laughs> I, I've I've heard that the, the, the actor who plays McKay is like an anti-vaxxer and they kind of had to write him out of the show because of that, which did disappoint me hearing that, but you know, regardless. Anywho. Let's 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 divert this conversation quickly. Yes, people yeah. get upset if you talk about that. <laughs> let's talk about <laughs> Dolph Ziggler winning the NXT Championship. 
in 2022. Wild. He's here to show the world. Let's talk about it. Welcome, one and all. It's the Wrestle Talk Podcast. He's here to show the world. He's here to show the world. Come on. Dolph Ziggler, Mr. Ziggles, is your new NXT champion in 2022. What world are we living in? So before before we actually talk about that, if you want to hear your thoughts read out on this show, make sure you send in your ultra chats to WrestleTalk.com backslash support, and we will read out every one that's five US dollars or above before the end of the show. I am here joined by the one and only SP3, and we're talking about Dolph Ziggler. It will never make sense to me to say NXT champion Dolph Ziggler. NXT champion Dolph Ziggler defeating Tommaso Ciampa with a super kick in this triple threat main event against Braun Breaker and Tommaso Ciampa. SP3, why is Dolph Ziggler NXT champion in 2022? Why is Dolph Ziggler the first ever person to win the World Heavyweight Championship and the NXT Championship in 2022? over the guy that they put the title on to kind of usher in the NXT 2.0 era. So we're either heading to him winning the title back during WrestleMania weekend in front of fans or heading to Dolph transitioning over to someone else. It it, it baffles the mind why they didn't just do this on stand and deliver or mm-hmm. I, I don't, I don't know, but it has definitely got people talking about NXT more than they have since it's been rebranded. So good move on WWE's part. If it's all about people talking, they did their job. Sure. I mean, <laughs> I've been saying on these podcasts recently, like when I watch WWE shows, I'm just on the side of chaos like, I just want the most chaotic thing to happen. So when Goldberg goes to Saudi Arabia to face Roman Reigns, I was like, you know what happens if Goldberg wins? I just want to see what Twitter looks like. Like, I was the only person who was like, hey, 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 when Goldberg beat Bray Wyatt in Saudi Arabia, because I knew what Twitter was going to look like. I knew I just wanted to see the fire. So this, this is NXT, and it's not going to get as big a reaction as that. But Dolph Ziggler being the person to, uncr- to unseat Braun Breaker was not on my 2022 bingo card, I will be perfectly honest. And this main event, I will be perfectly honest, was very good. This was a very, very solid main event. As I pull up my notes here, just in case I don't miss anything. This main event, it was good triple threat stuff. You had your usual, like, Dolph Ziggler rolls out of the ring, tries to get Champa and Breaker to, to bait each other into fighting. Rolls back in, tries to, you know, to fight both of them and, and that sort of thing. And it would break down. And we didn't get a whole lot of two-on-one stuff. Like there was, you know, Champa didn't want to team with Braun Breaker to take out Dolph Ziggler. He was angry. He wanted his title back, the whole deal. Uh, as we went through this match, Braun Breaker locked in their style recliner on Champa while Dolph Ziggler had him in a sleeper hold. I thought that was pretty cool. That was cool. So and then uh, Robert Roode came down to ringside and broke up the pin. He pulled the referee out of the ring when Braun Breaker had hit Dolph Ziggler with the press power slam. And then immediately afterwards, Tommaso Ciampa went for his running knee on Braun Breaker. And Roode pulled Braun Breaker out of the ring, almost re- revealing his low Braun Breaker butt. And then Dolph Ziggler hit him with a big super kick and got the win. I thought the, the near fall... I forget which near fall it was. I think it was just when Dolph Ziggler had hit the zigzag 
on yeah. champ. I was like, oh my god, he's gonna win at the time, not actually thinking he was going to win. You know what I mean? I was just like, there's no way Dolph's gonna win this match. And so the near fall like really sucked me in. And then like 30 seconds later, he actually won. And let me tell you, this this might be the first time this has happened in NXT. Certainly the first time since NXT 2.0, where I it actually got like it elicited a reaction from me because I could not help but watch that. And I got the, th- and I shouted just what? <laughs> Cause I can, I still can't believe this. I'll be perfectly honest. It has not fully set in on me yet. That Dolph Ziggler is NXT champion in 2022. I think we're living in a fever pitch dream. Like I, I think it needs some settling in to realize, but I totally agree with you. I thought that this was a very good main event. I thought Braun Breaker looked great during this main event. Like his spear is just one of the best spears I've seen in wrestling oh, yeah. in, in a long time. Like he looks like he is, especially with Ziggler selling, he looks like he breaks the person in half with uh, spears. I like the Champa near fall when he hit the uh, Whittle's bell into the mm. uh, fairy tale ending on, on, on breaker because that's how we beat them in the first matchup together so there was a lot of great near falls in this matchup a lot of back and forth action i like the fact that uh, there was a lot of sequences where all three men were in the ring because wwe triple threats are usually you know two in one out a lot but this match had a lot of different sequences like champa doing his running clotheslines which is one of my favorite spots of his like just doing the non-stop clotheslines those are great and yeah it was just everyone was highlighted very well i like rude getting involved because it protects both guys but the booking get hitting into this made it a possibility that Dolph was going to win because there was no reason for him to take the pinfall last week to Ciampa except for setting up this matchup and there was 100% no reason for him to take the pinfall on Monday Night Raw in the rematch <laughs> so both guys had beaten him he had really done had really only got one win over Ciampa in this entire angle so he needed this win to kind of put some heat on him heading into stand and deliver and i think that you're going to have more interest in the main event with ziggler as the champion against whoever he's going to be whoever's going to be the challenger here i mean it's certainly i I wasn't expecting it so i mean i guess there's there's something to that but i don't know i don't know where they go from here because i'd kind of been mapping out braun breaker's next few steps after this i kind of had an idea of what we might see at stand and deliver now that's all completely gone out the window So now I'm trying to figure out what is next for Dolph Ziggler as NXT champion. Maybe he'll just be a transitional champion. Maybe he'll have like a short little three, four week run here and then lose it to Walter at Stand and Deliver, which I'm not opposed to. I'm going to be perfectly honest. I mean, Dolph Ziggler bumping for Walter does sound like a very good time like him getting chopped yeah uh uh, yeah sign me up for that i will i will tune in but otherwise i mean i still don't know what's next for braun breaker because i think he's still way too inexperienced to be called up you know because agreed again if this is supposed to be developmental work on developing the people you know like yeah he's really good and has an unbelievable amount of potential but i don't necessarily think that i would be putting him on raw or smackdown just yet you know, God, he's only had like what two dozen matches or something like that to this point. Like, yeah, let's put him in in an actual developmental setting for like a year at least before he's able to go on, you know, on national television on on Raw. But 
it's it's WWE. They've put a lot less experienced people on TV a lot faster than that. So I don't I don't know if he's getting a main roster call up, but as soon as he showed his face on Raw, I'm like, well, Vince isn't gonna let him go. And you saw many people say the same thing. I I know I saw Sean during Raw say like Vince took one look at Braun Breaker and he wouldn't be surprised if we don't see him on NXT 2.0 for long. And then the very next night he loses the championship. So this would be give them an opportunity to make a clean break. Don't do the rematch. Just send him up to the main roster. He's already doing house shows on the main roster. He's appeared on Monday Night Raw this week. And he has that if factor. He might not be experienced. He might be green in the ring. His timing can be a little bit off sometimes. But as far as like it factor and star like he looks it like if there was an equivalent to what Jade Cargill is for AEW when you when she comes on the screen she's a superstar she's not that experienced yet but you know she's going to be their kind of their first ever mega star for WWE they don't have a lot of young guys that have that instant star power like there are guys that are great workers like a Carmelo Hayes there's guys that are confident on the mic like a Grayson Waller but you don't have that star making factor that aura to them and Braun Breaker does and you can see that Vince McMahon probably sees that in him and it's probably making plans for him to come to the main roster but I would like him to be on NXT 2.0 a little bit longer I would like this to be you know him regaining the title at Stand and Deliver in front of a huge crowd in Dallas Texas and then let him hold the title until the summer till SummerSlam weekend drop the title to Gunther and then go up to the main roster I'd rather that than than him get rushed and probably ruined yeah, because I mean, the, the benefit of NXT, even in its current state, is that you can surround a guy like Braun Breaker with veterans. You know, yes. there are still enough veterans where you can put him in the ring with Santos Escobar. You can put him in the ring with Tommaso Ciampa. You can put him in the ring with, I guess, Dolph Ziggler or Robert Roode or whoever it might be. There's still a bunch of other people he hasn't gone one on one with, like a Pete Dunn, Cameron Grimes, whoever. On the main roster, there are still those people, but I don't know if the environment is going to be as conducive to like his development as it yes. would be here, where it's like he's the star of the show. He's supposed to you know, be protected. They're going to be focusing on making him look like the biggest star as possible. On the main roster, they don't do that with anybody, so I don't have any faith that they're going to do that with him. You know, I don't have any faith that he's not going to be wrestling like I don't know, The Miz or something. You know, he's going to be facing like almost, and it's going to be like, whoa, he's, he's the big guy is facing the really tall guy, and it's going to be a terrible <laughs> match. You know, I don't know. I'm not jazzed about the idea of him going to the main roster, but I just, I don't know what to make of the whole situation now. All of, all of what I thought was happening is gone. Everything that I thought was logical is, is gone. Logic. Mandy Rose and Dolph Ziggler are the two champions in NXT. What what what, what has happened? What has I, happened to all of this? You gotta appreciate, know. you know, the people that were rooting for Dolph and Mandy back before WrestleMania 36, you know, people that didn't want to see Mandy with Otis. They're fulfilled now because now they yeah. are the king and queen of NXT. They're the king and queen of Tuesday nights. Dolph, I'm I'm very happy for Dolph Ziggler because yeah. this is something that not a lot of us saw for him <laughs> in, in the near future. We kind of saw Dolph. He they've kind of programmed 
in our head for so long that Dolph Ziggler is a mid-carder. Despite him being a two-time world heavyweight champion, a Money in the Bank winner, he's won every single title on the main roster besides the WWE and Universal Championships. They've kind of implanted in our ear, in our head, he's a mid-carder. He's a tag team specialist. He's this, he's that. And now they've kind of turned that on his head and put him on Tuesday nights where he does feel like more of a star. He does feel like a guy that can be an anchor type of heel and put someone over and put them in the right position. And for Braun Breaker, he's already completed step one of his main roster call-up because we know all NXT call-ups have to feud with Dolph Ziggler and he's getting it done on NXT. So, hey, he's <laughs> he's got one foot forward above all other call-ups before him. I hadn't considered that. I'll be perfectly honest. This is just them getting Braun Breaker's first main roster rivalry out of the way. I exactly. like that. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said, What the f? are you talking about you insane hollywood ass so to recap we're cutting the price of mint unlimited from 30 dollars a month to just 15 dollars a month give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch 45 dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees promote for new customers for limited time unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows full terms at mintmobile.com one size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweaters starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Well, we'll get into some of your Ultra Chats, see what you guys think about Dolph Ziggler, or as our, our Ultra Chat doc reads, Zolf Diggler is NXT champion. <laughs> Thanks, Rob. Always. So, of course, if you want your Ultra Chats read out on stream, make sure that you send them into WrestleTalk.com slash support, and we read out all of them that are five US dollars or above before the end of the show. Blind Roar uh, said has donated five dollars to say, Balamabody Pooty here throwing in some uh, love for my good brother SP3. I actually don't really hate the idea of Ziggler being NXT champion. It's an odd wrinkle and honestly don't know what else they could have done to build up uh, the main event of Stand and Deliver. Yeah, I also want to say, I don't like hate this. I don't hate Dolph Ziggler being NXT champion. I'm just like, what world are we living in? 
You know, it's not it's not Goldberg winning the universal title where I'm just like, well, this is a train wreck. I'm just like, well, this is a very interesting decision. I would like to know how you came to this this conclusion, which is a big a big difference to me. Yeah, it's more of like the shock that you need to kind of absorb it in and, you know, see the other possibilities where this story can go. I really think that for most of us that watch NXT, we just had our brain kind of like Braun Breaker is going to be the NXT champion going into Stand and Deliver. He's probably going to verse Dolph Ziggler and beat him and move on and we can... Think about other challengers for him and now they threw this wrinkle in which is kind of exciting honestly and it's it's a it's a excitement that's very strange for nxt 2.0 right now <laughs> <laughs> yeah nxt 2.0 and excitement don't usually go hand in hand zoe sung has donated five dollars to say tempest we're eating good right now ziggles is the nxt champion over their golden child the social scrolling was divine <laughs> gremlin noise dolph ziggler the showmaker pokemon I don't, I don't do a very good Pokemon. The Showmaker Pokemon. This Pokemon is here to show the world. NXT is ECW WWE 2.0. <laughs> Thank you, Zoe. I always appreciate your, your Pokedex entries. And Zoe is back with another Ultra Chat to say, my new favorite uh, up-and-coming star is Ziggler. I hope Zack Ryder gets a push soon, too. 2011 is going to be a great year for WWE. Alex Riley might defeat John Cena. Did you hear Tyler, Bra- Tyler Black left Ring of Honor? We really feel like we're in a time machine at this point. Like we we feel like, you know, CM Punk is stagnant. We don't know what's going to happen to him. You know, his contract's about to expire. We don't know what's going on with him. John Cena's been beating R-Truth and Miz and John Morrison all year. So, yeah, it's a strange time that we, that we live in. The Rock just came back. Uh, Triple H and Undertaker are going to WrestleMania. So it's crazy the world we live in. And uh yeah what what year is it again yeah i i i have never gotten around to it just because i'm lazy and i don't have the energy these days but i do plan one day to make like a video about wwe's calendar year of 2011 because i fully i fully believe that was the year that they completely lost the plot that like they lost their god damn i think so they had bad years before that. Do not get me wrong. The guest host thing on Raw was not good television. 2011, if you, if you like, I at one point wrote a list of like every like cracked out thing they did in 2011. And that list was, it that was the year they drafted John Cena twice yes. on the same show. Yes. It was the year they had a 40 man rumble, you but- know. To, to also be fair, to be the devil's avocado, as my boy Sat would say. Uh-huh. Um, the highs of 2011 are unreal. Like the Rock's return, the the Undertaker, Triple H, uh, you know, returns both of their returns before WrestleMania. I'm just staring at the WrestleMania sign. You know, Summer of Punk with the pipe bomb and Money in the Bank, and those stuff was great. It's just, yeah, the the lows are beyond low, and probably some of the biggest lows that they've had in the past two decades. Oh, it's nuts. Well, if you want to hear more about us talking about 2011, make sure you watch for that video that I might make one day.
we got this show kicked off with another uh, match in the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic as Dakota Kai and Wendy Chu took on Raquel Gonzalez and Cora Jade. The Toxic Attraction uh, attacked... I can never say Toxic Attraction. There's too many cuh sounds in that, like X's and C's and all that nonsense. Uh, they attacked Raquel Gonzalez's knee with like a pipe or something, more or less right in front of the referee, but he was just like, whoop, let me turn my back to that real quick. You know, I hate that but Raquel was fighting on one knee for basically the rest of the match hot tagged in got some offense and was like you know they, they had a good match I thought this was a yeah. good open match and Dakota Kai started hearing voices in her head and stuff and was like oh, I can't do it <laughs> I don't know what that is about I don't I that doesn't fly with me I don't like that but she like talked herself out of hitting a big boot on Raquel and then like did it anyway. And then just tagged in Wendy Chu and she hit her finish and then they won. So I don't know what this whole Dakota Kai thing is, but if you take that bit out and you take out the incompetent referee, this was a really fun opening match. Yeah. I liked a lot of this matchup. There was bits of it that, yeah, just came off very, um, either cringe or just confusing like that Dakota Kai spot. I understand that's their new character, but it hasn't been really fully explained like at all since her return. Like we had those vignettes with her in a graveyard. And then ever since she returned and hit Raquel with us with the uh, shovel, she's been kind of this weird Randy Orton meets, um, our truth with little Jimmy kind of mixed character, and it's it just comes off like you don't have any idea what you're doing with Dakota Kai, honestly. At the end of the yeah. day, and also the the Wendy Chu stuff, I enjoy, but I don't need the commentary doubling down on the joke by whispering during them. It was just like <laughs> this was a good joke until we all started whispering. So, like yeah. th that part, it was like cringe. But the work itself, these four ladies worked really well with each other. I like Toxic Attraction getting involved because you know it it protects Raquel Gonzalez uh Cora J has to kind of try to overcome the odds and then she doesn't even take the finish so it protects her with where they where it looks like they're going for a stand in the liver as well so I like this move because Wendy Chu and Dakota Kai was kind of the dark horse of this I think a lot of people had pegged Shirai and Ray versus Jade and mm -hmm. Gonzalez but Wendy Chu and Dakota Kai I knew I was like when as soon as they got into this whole tournament I was like they they're kind of the dark horse here because you could see them either just winning once and then you know losing in this round or they can make it to the finals so i'm glad that they did something with them especially for dakota who once again with this whole character kind of seems lost yeah a little bit i mean at the very least her i guess oh, i don't know if i could say a character arc that sounds a little bit too generous but her character right now in as regards to this tournament is that she's trying to make a third you know third time the charm with friendship work basically so i like that they're going to the final i like that there's something there before dakota kai will of, of course eventually turn on wendy chu possibly after the final match itself but i don't know there's 
<laughs> I do still like that Raquel and, and Cora was like, we got to do all this stamina training. There's so many matches. I think they probably wrestled a combined like 12 minutes across their two tournament matches. It's just humorous to me. It's 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 fun. It's 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 whatever. That's just pro wrestling. So I don't know. This was a good way to open up the show. I didn't have too much to complain about here. Uh, Tommaso Ciampa cut a promo backstage saying that uh, this was more important than the NXT title. He said that this uh, the title was his life, but going in to stand and deliver as champion means he's the best, and there's never been a bigger gap between uh, who's number one and who's number two, and Braun Breaker and Dolph Ziggler can argue about who is 2A and 2B. This is a good promo. There's yeah. Not much to it. It's, Dolph's, it's a Tommaso Ciampa backstage promo. He threw a chair afterwards. He does that. Sitting in, sitting in the chair like he's A.C. Slater in the 1990s. Yeah. <laughs> I, love, I love it every time, but he had really good intensity here. Out of the three promos of the main event guys, yeah. he had the best one. I thought so. And I like that, that Champa's promos are always set in the same places. Yeah. I like when – because sometimes NXT will do this. Sometimes they won't where they'll have, like, unique presentations of backstage promos, whether it was, like, bringing up hit row but hit row would do theirs in the studio and i thought that was really cool you know champa and at the time champa and thatcher would do theirs in front of this garage door you know it sets them apart and i yeah. like that they ne- they never do this sort of thing on the main roster and i think it really helps with nxt's presentation uh the creed brothers were attacked in the parking lot we never found out who it was but the, the rest of the show was kind of spent like oh you are the one who attacked the creeds no it was you so we'll kind of get into that as we go on. Uh, and then we got Tiffany Stratton versus Fallon Henley. Where are they getting these names? I feel like at this point, it has to be a rip. Yeah. It has to be. They're absolutely putting like wrestling name generator. Yes. And, and just doing it like you are not going to convince me otherwise. Now, this was a really short match. Uh, Stratton kind of got the early portion of this two-minute match, and then uh, Fallon Henley – I can't – I can't know what his name. <laughs> Fallon Henley got more offense than you would expect. Actually hit, like, a backbreaker and a clothesline, an elbow in the corner. I was like, oh, wow, it was a good little showing for Fallon Henley. And then uh, Saray hit a drop kick behind the ref's back. I don't know how these referees are always – distracted when there's nothing to be distracted about and then uh, Fallon Henley managed to beat Tiffany Stratton don't know why I'm supposed to care about Tiffany Stratton um she's lost a lot since yeah. her old debut and they kind of gave her the vignette treatment so you would think that they were going to do something with her and she still has you know the feud with Saray going but it really feels like they've kind of lost the direction on where they were going with her as far as fallon henley i legit thought for 50 percent of this match that this was tatum paxley because oh, yeah. i feel like they're <laughs> the names and their whole like gear kind of look all the same so it was just like you could have matched this out and i wouldn't have known the difference at all it wasn't until brooks and jensen came out and i was like oh that's the bartender that's been trying to help them all these weeks oh okay that makes sense oh so, yeah. <laughs> i didn't know that i was like why is she hanging out with these two i couldn't figure it out why is she, why is the bartender for nxt wrestling why <laughs> what oh my lord i was was so confused like but i put two and two together i was like yeah that was the bartender that talked to them and the one that talked to them i believe like a week ago or something like that so i was like okay so she's a wrestler now she went from bartender or she's still probably in school so she has to you know wrestle part-time and bartend part-time and go to school so she's a hard i mean if that's her character i would go for it 
because they got to respect the grind. <laughs> exactly. Like that, that yeah. would, that's going to get the fans on her side because she's a hard worker, but mm-hmm. I don't, you know, that's a little too creative for NXT. She might as just well be, you know, daddy's little girl, like Tiffany Stratton. Yeah. Oh God. She's got like stock Seinfeld music. You know, she won. It was like, bang, bop, bang, wop, bop, bop, bop. like it was. I was like, "What is this music?" Like, I know all the NXT music kind of sucks at this point, but like this, this was something else. Regardless, we move on from from all this nonsense. <laughs> Carmelo Hayes and, and Trick Williams were in the barbershop again. I like these segments. I think they're really fun. Uh, and we basically just found out that there's going to be four. Uh, challengers to the nxt title or the nxt north american title in their ladder match and they're all going to start qualifying next week this is a good presentation but nothing that we didn't really already know i guess we found out there'll be qualifying matches and hey i like those that's cool yeah and they kind of are already setting up some things if you listen to the dialogue that they said like trick williams doesn't like ladders so you know there's going to be a spot where he has to climb the ladder and he's going to get scared and stuff like that but as far as like looking at the North American picture and looking at the people on this show, I had it in my head as soon as this promo was done. And once again, I have to credit NXT for, you know, the different type of looks of these promos. Like I like Mello basically being LeBron James with the shop and with the cut whiz. That's very cool. And it makes him different from everybody else. But as far as like who I think is going to be in this ladder match, I would think it's going to be Dunn, Grimes, Waller, and Knight. That would be my picks. But as far as like the the qualifying match is very interesting. The first one they're presenting with Grimes and Escobar, that can really go mm-hmm. either way. But what do you think? Who do you think is going to be in this match? I don't know. I think like Tony D'Angelo might be one of them or something because he hasn't really gotten his North American title shot yet. But really like anyone from that whole crew, I think would be a good shot. I think Cameron Grimes probably isn't finished with him yet. I think Pete Dunn's probably not finished with them yet. So that would probably be my guess for like three of them. And then whoever you want to fill that last spot with would you know, would work out. Uh, Grayson Waller would probably be a pretty solid shout. You know, maybe you do a thing and you actually put Trick Williams in a match like this. I don't know. I don't That probably would be a little bit advanced for him. I've seen some of his singles matches. But I don't know. I think I don't think you could go wrong just putting like more experienced guys in this match. I think I think you could do all right. Come on, you know you want to see him do the kick off the first rung of the ladder, like him just do his regular, (laughs) just jumps, does a one foot jump and just kicks somebody. That's that's gonna be his high spot. I love all the old spots from like the '90s ladder matches where someone does like a reverse DDT off the second run of the ladder, and everyone's like, "Whoa!" And I was like, "Is that really any different from a normal reverse DDT?" But no, neither here nor there. Uh, we got uh, we got another edition of Lashing Out with Lash Legend. She uh, introduced Nikita Lyons to the show, and uh, Lash Lash asked if Lyons was Lyons' mom was a groupie for everyone or just her dad. And I don't know about you, that those are fighting words to me. You know, she was a lot calmer than I I would have been. Uh, but Lyons said that her mom was a free spirit. Lash said that Lyons knows why she's trending, and she's like doing this the whole time and then she stops doing this standing there and then nikita lines like get your finger out of my face i was like you could tell this was scripted yeah. it was scripted i was like oh get your finger out of my face after she's already whatever and uh yeah and she 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 lines the whole storyline is that she's got a large posterior yeah she has assets 
And that they're leaning into it. Because Lash Legend is just like, oh, what are your butt implants going to do about it? And then Nikita Lyons like, oh, I'm all natural. Besides my spray tan and my finger, my nails. <laughs> like, what? Yeah. It's like, what? <laughs> what? I, I don't know. I can't. I don't know what this Nikita Lyons character is. I feel like every week we get like three different weird character layers to this. And none of them are like ever addressed at all. I, I am enjoying the social media discourse as far as mm-hmm. Nikita Lyons with the different names they come up for, for like Yam Yam Bigelow or Hunter <laughs> Hips, Hunter Hips Hemsley. Um, I, I came up with various tag team names for her in Lash Legend. And my favorite one is Thigh Velocity um, mm-hmm. or Thigh Energy. Um, that's another good one. So, <laughs> I like that. so, so, so there, there, I want to see a tag team more than I want to see them actually have a match because I feel like Lash Legend is probably better off in a tag team of some sorts more than a singles match with someone who is not very experienced herself. So I'm not looking forward to this matchup, but <laughs> yeah, this was very scripted and came off very unnatural and forced overall. So not the best presentation for Nikita Lyons three weeks in. That's NXT 2.0 for you. Uh, we we had uh, Josh Briggs and Brooks Jensen celebrating with uh, Fallon Henley. And they accuse uh, Legato del Fantasma of being the ones to attack the Creed brothers in the parking lot. And Legato del Fantasma said it was them. And Lopez, uh, Electra Lopez said that Brooks Jensen is just mad because he can't get laid. And he's like, no, nah, I'm working on it. This poor, poor guy. Poor guy. I mean, what what can you say? This poor, poor fellow. You sign you probably signed with WWE. It's like they're gonna give you this super awesome character. I'm gonna be like the next the next Steve Austin. I'm gonna be the next rock. I'm gonna be main event at WrestleMania. A virgin? What is this character? What? At the at the very least, they could have made him be B to the third or B squared squared or something like uh, that. They could have made him something off of his dad, but no. They decided he's going to be the country bunkin virgin. That's his character. Yeah. That's what we're going with. I did like uh, Briggs and Jensen questioning Legato del Fantasma because parking lot attacks are kind of their thing, and that's how they were created. And I, I just want to wonder why NXT hasn't invested more money in security for their parking lots because it seems well, to be the, the scene of the crime every single time. Well, see, the problem was... William Regal was having a security problem and he brought in Samoa Joe and then they forgot about that for like after three weeks. He was like, oh, he's going to regain order. And they just never did it. It, they, they was pull apart brawls on every show after he got instituted as this like, like enforcer. So yeah. it it was like very clear that they just brought him back because they wanted him to wrestle again. And they it wasn't about restoring order in NXT, which has still not been restored to this. No, day. it still hasn't. It still hasn't been restored. Uh, but next we got the last man standing match between LA Knight and Grayson Waller. Now there were a lot of spots in this match. Obviously, I mean it's a it's a last man standing match. So you, you know the typical formula: big move, wait, big move, wait. That's just kind of how it goes. Yeah. Uh, but LA Knight clothesline Grayson Waller during his entrance. He beat him up around ringside uh, for a little while. They got in the ring. I really like that LA Knight has kind of turned himself into a really good baby face. You know the fans are like chanting, "Yeah." Whenever he does like a, a stomp or something like that, it's good crowd interaction. It's like good organic baby face interaction. And I really like that. I think he's a lot better here as a baby face than he was as a heel. And I thought he was a pretty yeah. good heel too. 
you know, because it's not often that you say that about WWE guys, you know, especially guys who can talk, you know. Uh, True. But this match kept going. Waller cut him off and hit his rolling stunner. I have an issue with this move now. It's one thing to just do the move. That's that's it's fine. That's fine. You get thrown to the outside. You're you're recovering or whatever, and then you need a quick like bam back in the ring, hit a move. There you go. I don't like the idea that Grayson Waller now leaves the ring to roll back in the ring to hit the stunner. Just hit the stunner. <laughs> the roll through the ropes does not add anything to the impact of the stunner. And I saw that and I went, wait a minute. That doesn't make any sense. But we continue. Uh, Knight hit a really scary looking superplex on Waller, uh, but he beat the count. Waller used a trash can lid. Uh, Knight threw Waller off of the, the crow's nest. And then Sanga the Thunder carried him out afterwards. Um, Grace, what did you know? There's a lot to this match. This was like the most notes I've taken for a match because it was like, then this thing happened, then this thing happened, and this thing happened. Uh, LA Knight hit uh, Sango the Thunder with uh, a chair, handcuffed him around the, the post, pretty much taking him out, more or less, for the end of the match. Yeah. Uh, and then he put the big garbage can over Grayson Waller's head and just beat him to death with the, the chair. Wasn't enough, though. Grayson Waller was handed, uh, like, a, a wrench or something. I don't know. It was an object of some sort. Hit, like a slapjack. Uh, yeah, it could have been a slapjack. You never know. And he hit, he hit L.A. Knight with it, laid him out on the uh, announce table, and then hit a big elbow drop and, like, passed the ball between his legs as he was doing it. That – that 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 was that was pretty baller. I'm not gonna lie. I like that. You know, that was that was pretty cool for for something where there's so little moments of like, hey, that's pretty cool. You know, like during <laughs> yeah. a match, I felt like this was one of them. I saw that. I was like, hell yeah, Grayson Waller. Look at me cheering for Grayson Waller for a second. But that was the finish, and Grayson Waller got the win. And this felt like the blow off match because they've been feuding for like ever. They've been feuding since Halloween Havoc. That that seems way too long for these two guys to be feuding, but um, yeah, it came to a really good blow off match and a really good last man standing match. This is the best match that these two guys have produced against each other. And like you said, there was a lot of great spots like you know it the and i did notice i did agree with you with that rolling cutter it was the second one the second one that he tried because it looked like he just went to the outside to like get a weapon but no he comes back and does the rolling cutter out of this like what was the reason for all of that you could have just done the the cutter or stunner in the ring like what are you doing and then uh LA Knight reversed that and threw him uh, to the ringside table. So I like that spot as well. Um, yeah, they worked very well with each other. I do agree with you. LA Knight is just such a much better baby face to me than he is a heel because he just, he has that kind of that delivery that kind of gets the crowd behind him. They want to repeat what he, what he's saying with the yes and his catchphrases and all of that. And he was working very well as a baby face kind of, he has that kind of like stone cold, like just punching, brawling through the crowd type of guy that can kind of get that across and Grayson Waller that that 
that elbow drop. Um, you know, I saw uh, my boy Cam from PW Tours said on social media the Hardaway because that was the 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 Tim yeah. Hardaway crossover <laughs> as he did this. that. Yeah. Did the did the elbow drop? That was in a very impressive, and this is the most impressed I've been with Grayson Waller. And I like the finish as well with him using Sanka's back to get back on his feet. That was a nice little heel touch to the finish mm-hmm. to give him like just a little bit more heat in this win. So I like all of this, and that's, like I said, I think that I want to see the Hardaway off the ladder. So that's <laughs> why I'm saying Grayson Waller needs to be in the North American ladder match. Oh, SP3, I'm so glad to have you on this show. <laughs> for for all the weeks for Grayson Waller to, to bring out the, the Hardaway, what better week than the one week where I will actually have a basketball person to talk to about it? <laughs> Not a single other person on this staff would have any any no. idea about anything else going on here. But so I don't know what, what's going to happen next for the. I would like these two guys to like go their separate ways. I think they've been feuding long enough. Grayson Waller won the last match, but I guess that's that's okay. You know, you can have the heel win and just have them go their separate ways. They did enough beat down in this match that LA Knight got enough revenge. I think that's fine. This was a fun last man standing match. It had good moments. <clears throat> Tony D'Angelo ate at his cousin Mikey's restaurant. He talked about being Italian or something. And the then we got another Don, the new Don of the NXT. Remember that I'm still, mm. I'm still with the belief that he's talking about Tommaso Ciampa. Cause you know, when we, when we did this two weeks ago, I thought the yeah. cameraman was him and not Robert yeah. Root. So I'm still holding out hope Tommaso Ciampa's kind of, He's got he's kind of free for stand and deliver and Tony D'Angelo. I think him and these two would have a good exchange and good build up to the pay-per-view. I don't know about the match because Tony D matches, he's still a little green. So, but the build up, that's what I want to see. Fair enough. Fair enough. I don't think you're wrong. I think that'd be fun. Uh we had the Braun Breaker backstage promo. Uh where he said that this is the last roadblock before uh stand and deliver. And uh, he he just said, ah, all I think about is the NXT championship. And this is the last roadblock. And I'm going to run through it. Big Braun Breaker. Um, he didn't do that. But we'll get, well, we've already kind of talked about it. And in fact, hang on. Where did I put that thing? I had one, well, I had one thing over here. Because I realized that uh, now that he's lost, Braun Breaker might go through some changes. And uh, yeah. instead of... Uh, I also didn't. I had no idea I had this. Um, instead of instead of being Braun Breaker the Magical Warrior, he might he might turn into Braun Breaker the Dark Magical Warrior. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know. know this was. A, I didn't know this was a thing. I was just like kind of cleaning up things last night, and I just pulled. I was looking through a few things, and I was like, "Oh, I didn't know there were two of these." So I was like, all right, well, there's a there's a five second bit for tomorrow's show. You know, you just gave Shawn Michaels the idea for Braun Breaker's entrance at Stand and Deliver now, right? <laughs> We're gonna see him come up. It's gonna be like Triple H at WrestleMania. What was it, WrestleMania 22 when he first did the Conan the Barbarian? Yeah. And he's gonna be the Dark Magical Warrior. Yeah, the Dark Magical Warrior. Absolutely. Uh, so we got the next match in the um, the second semifinal match in the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Cup. As Io Shirai and Kaylee Ray took on Casey Catanzaro and Caden Carter. This was more just like a straight match. This is one of the matches on the show that didn't have any interference. It was just kind of a back and forth match. There was an absolutely bonker spot in this match where they decided to do a Tower of Doom Poison Rana. I beg your pardon, what? I mean, that's that's pretty bold. I mean, 
sure go for it i don't know that i'd be taking that move in front of a crowd of like 200 people but that's just me i don't know but this this match was very good uh they hit some tag team offense before yoshirai tagged in and gra- uh, grappled with casey casey and uh caden hit dives before the break casey then hit kaylee ray with the tower of doom poison rana and i thought kaylee ray was dead i'll be perfectly honest <laughs> yoshirai broke up that pin and then k uh kaylee ray just hit her klr bomb and yoshirai hit the moonsault for the win it was like basically a one spot match but it was a hell of a spot so i really didn't have anything to complain about here either yeah, the highlight of the night was that I called it a doomsday uh, for Poison Rana because that was yeah. just, I was just like insane. I did not expect that at all. Uh, Casey and Caden are a very cool team to me. I feel like I want to see them do more. I feel like I've been saying this since all the way back when I was doing Wrestling Daily. Like they, we <laughs> want more from this team every time they have, they have these little highlights. They work very well with each other. The crowd loves them in the CWC. It's unfortunate that they have have this all-star team in Shirai and Ray, and it seems like the best move for them is to have them win this tournament to go on to verse uh, Toxic Attraction at Stand and Deliver. So I'm all for them taking the win here. But Casey and Caden need to become NXT Women's Tag Team Champions in the next year. Please, like, don't let all these other people that they are pushing in this new rebrand get in the way of these two girls that have kind of been working their butts off and been the only real tag team in this division. They were a tag team before Toxic Attraction was a thing, yet all these other teams have kind of passed them by i want more for these two girls because they always seem to find a way to stand out in their own way well there's just so many tag teams in this division i'm sure eventually they'll fight through the rest of them and make their way back to the top and speaking of we got a backstage segment with indy hartwell and persia parada where they broke up and now there's four this tag team oh god yeah I don't know. Uh, Indy Hartwell and Persia Parada were in their locker room. Persia Parada walked up with Duke Hudson, and they they had an argument about whose fault it was they lost. And and Persia Parada said that that she was carrying the tag team, which, to be fair, she was for a decent period of time there. Like Dexter Loomis got a boo boo on his hand, and Indy Hartwell could not function for like two months. And Persia Parada was like doing. Uh, uh, she was doing handicap matches and winning yeah. and she was like winning tag matches all on her own so like i, I don't feel that much sympathy for indy hartwell i'll be perfectly honest nope. uh but persia parada and indy they they just they yell at each other and indy said ah, shut up duke hudson don't talk to duke hudson like that and they're gonna have a match and they're gonna see who who's actually controlling or carrying the team and then uh she walked off and persia parada just started eating Duke Hudson's face and and Wade had a very questionable line he said something along the lines of like I don't know who is is luckier between Duke Hudson and Persia Parada right now and I was like I'm, I'm sorry I mean I'm teach your own as a bisexual man myself I mean if whatever floats your boat but okay Wade if you gotta if you gotta crush on Duke Hudson I won't I won't blame you <laughs> I mean, a he, odd, a little odd for commentary, personally. But I mean, Wade Wade does have a little bit of love for Duke Hudson. You know, he mm-hmm. uses the the winds of change finisher, so that's yeah. kind of that's kind of his boy. That's kind of his protege. So I can understand his excitement and not knowing. <laughs> 
who he wanted to be in that situation. But yeah, this whole love triangle, it, it, it just seems very goofy. <laughs> and it's just like, yeah. really, you just put these two girls together just to eventually do this and break them up. And you know, it's not, you know, the, the match next week, it's not the blow off. The blow off is probably going to be a mixed tag team matchup with Duke Hudson and Perja Parada versus oh. Indy Hartwell and Dexter Loomis. That's how they're going to blow this off. And not even at Stand and Deliver, it's going to be on an episode of NXT. <laughs> That does not tickle my fancy, to be perfectly honest. I, no. I do want to say very quickly, though, before I forget, because, again, my brain is the only one that would ever remember garbage like this. But this this Wade Barrett moment really reminded me of uh, – there's a clip on the 2009 SmackDown DVD. It was like the 10-year the anniversary SmackDown where they recap, like, the 100 best SmackDown moments. And one of them was like that weird Halloween party in 2002 where uh, Eric Bischoff was dressed as Vince McMahon and then uh, and then kissed uh, Stephanie, Stephanie McMahon in her office. And it was like really odd. And they never put that on TV nowadays. But Todd Grisham is like recapping this. And he was like, yeah, man. I mean, all those dreams were lived out that day. All of us that just wanted to sit there and make out with Eric Bischoff. And I was just like, all right, Todd, whatever, whatever you say, pal. This is a really strange time to be in WWE. <laughs> it's always a strange time in WWE. And I also yeah. wanted to mention Wade Barrett. Um, I'm just going to tell you, you, maybe you shouldn't mention that the last time WrestleMania was in Dallas that you took a Stone Cold Stunner because WWE are selling this whole Stone Cold return at WrestleMania 38. <laughs> like, he hasn't done anything in 19 years. Like, well, I'm listening to his promo. I'm listening to how they're promoting this. And I'm like... I appreciate how hard they're trying to not say this is a match, but I also don't appreciate how they want us to forget that we have seen Stone Cold at WrestleMania 21, WrestleMania 23, WrestleMania 27, WrestleMania 30, WrestleMania 32. Like, we have seen him a lot at WrestleMania. Stop acting like this is the first time in 19 years. Don't forget 25. Win in the Hall of Fame. Exactly. <laughs> Another one in Texas. Like what? what? Yeah, it was kind of a routine for a while. Like even if he was retired, he kind of had to put Steve Austin on the show because he's, you know, Steve Austin. So, yeah, I don't know. It's not a match, but regardless, I want Steve Austin to be safe. So whatever's going to yeah. keep him healthiest is uh, is best with me. Uh, so I don't know where this happened. I had to kind of insert this into my notes, but someplace during the show. MSK accused uh, Imperium of attacking the Creeds, and the uh, Imperium was just like, oh, but you, you were the ones that attacked them. And you know what? I think Imperium's right. I think MSK did it because they're the only ones that benefited from this situation because MSK was like, well, we'll take the Creed brothers' spots in this match. I don't know how you could just do that, but they did it. And so we got this next match of MSK versus Imperium for the NXT Tag Team Championships. This really wasn't much of anything. It went like seven minutes, and it was a fine seven minutes, but they only went seven minutes, and then the Creed brothers ran in for the DQ. It's like, I don't know. It's not like that bad in the context of just, if it's in a vacuum, it's just like, okay, as a segment, it wasn't that bad. Of course, DQ finishes and everything are like not great, but I'd rather have the DQ finish happen after seven minutes than after 20 and have me really feel like I'm wasting my time. But at the same time, given what was advertised for this show, that being Imperium versus the Creed Brothers for the NXT tag titles, this is very much not that, and is very much worse than what I was hoping to get from that. So I have to give that a massive thumbs down for that reason alone, but I am confident that we will get like a 
probably a three-way tag match with these three, probably at Stand and Deliver, and that match will be very fun. So if we had to get through this to get to that, it doesn't matter that much. Yeah, and I do agree with you. It kind of seems like MSK is the culprits who attacked the Creed brothers, although I would be so baffled by that decision to turn MSK <laughs> heel. Like, I I just, I've never seen them, and I've followed them for such a long time on the independence and impact wrestling. I don't know how a heel MSK is going to look and feel, and especially with the other teams that you have here. Yes, the Creeds are over as baby faces, but there's, your, your division is not screaming with baby faces that are more over than MSK. So it's kind of a strange decision here, but I feel like this was a good decision in this right here because i think one of the things that i heard you guys talking about last week you and pete was how the creeds versus imperium here felt kind of out of place because it felt like we were building that to stand and deliver so i kind of like them doing the bait and switch and saving the creeds moment for stand and deliver and being in there with msk msk who has given imperium their best match back at halloween havoc when they won the tag team titles and gave the creeds their best match in the finals of the dusty roads tag team classic this is like the perfect team to kind of insert in this picture and make it an even better match if there was any questions that the Creed and Imperium styles would mesh very well in a tag team match. I feel like Stand and Deliver, this might be a show stealer right up there with the ladder match. I, I would think so. I mean, a big tag team match, given plenty of time with good wrestlers, will probably do well, as we just saw from Revolution. And I agree. I think MSK is the kind of tag team that in this situation where you have still a green team in the Creed Brothers, and, and you know, they, they are very good, and I like the Creed Brothers very much, but on yeah. a big stage in like a 15 to 20-minute match, maybe maybe it wouldn't go so smoothly i don't know we haven't seen it yet so inserting them just to be able to like switch the creed brothers out of the ring for a little bit i don't think that's a bad idea at all i would like that three-way tag match very much and probably i would probably expect it to be one of the show stealers as well that would be very nice uh and just to wrap things up harland is still stalking uh, draco anthony in the gym and zion quinn makes his return for the first time in like two months i haven't seen him in a while and uh, tells Draco Anthony not to worry about Harlan and Joe Gacy getting in his head. I guess we'll get a tag team match here at some point. That's something. And then finally, A-Kid is coming to NXT. And I'm I'm excited about that. <clears throat> sort of. Kind of. I like A-Kid a lot. He's a really good wrestle. He's a really good wrestle. He does a good wrestle. Uh, Jack at time was talking about him coming to NXT. Ikman Jiro was like really excited. He was like, oh, he's one of the best in-ring performers in the world. And Kushida was like, yeah, he's good. He's like, what? You're not impressed? I was like, yeah, he's good. So we're going to get an A-Kid Kushida match at some point, which, I mean, yeah, if you're going to put A-Kid in a in a debut match, that's that's a pretty good opponent. A-Kid to me, because we will wrap things up because we're, we've reached the end of the show. Uh, I thought it was a pretty good episode of NXT, all things considered. They didn't have, like, really offensive – backstage segments and there were a few matches that i thought they could have really tidied up a little bit uh but otherwise this was a very good show with a main event that you should go out of your way to see in a last man standing match you should go out of your way to see my yeah. thing with a kid very quickly he kind of has a little bit of like Sami Zayn, kyle o'reilly syndrome to me where it's like he looks like a guy and in wwe i don't think that works to his benefit you know what I mean? Like Kyle O'Reilly never had to try and make it on the main roster, but I was like, I swear to God, he's like of all the people that Vince McMahon will not get 
I feel like Vince McMahon will get Kyle O'Reilly the least. And I feel like yeah. A-Kid kind of like fits into that same bracket, you know? So I, I hope he has a long reign in NXT. I hope he doesn't leave this, this spot for the main roster anytime soon because I don't yeah. really see much for him on the main roster besides running around for like the 24-7 title and stuff. So I hope that doesn't happen. And I hope we get a lot of really good matches out of him in NXT. Yeah, and, you know, starting off with him and Kushida is definitely a positive. Uh, Kushida, man, anytime I see him, I kind of get depressed because I'm like, man, I know you want to leave New Japan because you were sick of being a junior heavyweight, but that was much better than what you're doing right now. Like, I understand you love America, but as far as your wrestling career, they've kind of put you in this kind of place where you're just stagnant and you're just going to stay in place. But using him to have a great, a good to great match with a kid is better than he's what he's been doing the last couple of weeks. So I'm all for that. Um, I think he's the type of guy that can be like a North American title contender so hopefully yeah i agree with you they give him a long run in nxt let him you know be in front of that american audience the only thing that he has for him over like the kylo rallies of the world and sammy Zayn's of the world yes they're from canada but that's not really foreign to vince it's being the first ever spanish wwe superstar as they call a kid might be the benefit for him because vince is going to be like oh we gotta we gotta we gotta get to that market we gotta get to that spain market and we gotta promote we gotta push a kid very well i mean let me just uh really real 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 quick um technically very technically kane was born in spain i know that's why it's, <laughs> that's why i did the quote unquote first yeah. ever spanish wwe superstar we're just not gonna talk about that part we're just gonna we're just gonna forget about that uh but that will pretty much bring nxt to a close again pretty good show uh nxt any uh, NXT SP3, goodness me. Any uh any closing thoughts before we get into the rest of the ultra chats? I thought it was a pretty good show. Anytime there's an NXT show where I can say there's two matches people have to watch, and that's the last man standing match and the main event, that's a good thing for me. That's like a six out of ten, not seven out of ten type of show. I enjoyed this more than I usually do with NXT. It's like week to week, it varies, but this week I felt like it was a good show. Yeah, I think that basically covers it. I think that uh, wraps it up nicely. Uh, so we will, this is the final call for Ultra Chat. So make sure if you have any uh, Ultra Chats that you still want to get in, make sure you get them in now. RussellTalk.com backslash support. We'll read out any that are five US dollars or above before the end of the show. And the end of the show is coming quick. So if you have anything you want to get off your chest, now's the time. Meng has donated five dollars to say, who's the magical warrior now, dog? But seriously, if this can lead to Braun Breaker getting a, show, a showcase beating Dolph Ziggler for the NXT title at WrestleMania, it's good for me. That's a possibility. Maybe they defend the title at WrestleMania. I don't know. I mean, they're running out of a lot of different options for matches because, you know, Stone Cold is not having a match. He's being on the KO show. The Cody talks kind of change from day to day and week to week. So you need extra matches. Why not have Dolph Ziggler defend the NXT championship against Braun Breaker? Why not? That would, I'll be honest, that would probably rank pretty high on WrestleMania matches I'd be looking forward to right now. It might be third. 
at, at the currently it might be third behind like Edge, AJ, Becky, Bianca. Then it might be Braun and 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 Dolph if they did that. And bringing up your agent of chaos, I can't wait for Ronda Rousey versus Charlotte Flair to get announced <laughs> as the main event of night one of WrestleMania because I'm ready for social media to go crazy about that. I think it already has. I'm pretty sure I've seen that tweet. I mean, they didn't. They said it was on night one of WrestleMania, but they didn't give it the official main event stamp. So that's why you have all the Becky and Bianca fans that are still like trying to promote yeah, it. And say, yeah, holding out hope. Yeah. Like they can push it ahead. And I'm just like, okay, we'll see. AO10012, AO1012 says Stratton is having her gimmick slowly peeled away. She looks built for Diamond Mine interesting i don't well if you wanted to do a story and have put tiffany stratton in the diamond mine and just like you know oh we're gonna beat you down and build you back up as a champion you're gonna be a fighter you know that i mean that would be a fun story i don't think they're gonna do that but that would be fun the daddy's girl that has to go to like the hardcore mma gym like hell yeah i like that idea Daddy pays off Malcolm Bivens and Diamond Mine to train her. I like that. Uh-huh. That that fits the gimmick and it fits. It helps Diamond Mine with another recruit and mm-hmm. it explores different storyline elements. I like it. Yeah. Uh, the Bad One Jam Beard has donated $6.50 to say, just remember, main roster screwed up Keith Lee. They can definitely screw up Braun Breaker on the main roster. Therefore, I have no hope that main roster will treat Braun or Champa well on main roster. No. I will never give them the benefit of the doubt again. They messed up Bailey. They messed up Oscar. They messed up everybody. They messed up Shayna Baszler. You can mess up anybody. There are no there are no guarantees when it comes to the main roster. No, anyone that we have described as a safe bet for the main roster, they have ruined in record time. So yes, Braun Breaker is not safe. The fact that he's just Braun Breaker and he's not Rex Steiner also makes him not safe as well. Yeah. AO1012 is back saying the weird thing is most matches last night looked like they'd be stand and deliver matches two weeks ago. Now that card is completely unknown. I don't hate it since it means more loaded TV cards. Honestly, yeah. Because I I agree. I thought this card on paper looked pretty much like what I expected the stand and deliver card to look like. And then we just got it on, on TV here. But if that means we will then get another special at stand and deliver and we got a special here that had better episode a better episode of nxt and better matches than we would have gotten otherwise that's not something i'm going to complain about no because the that's kind of the problem with raw and smackdown right now they kind of feel stagnant heading into wrestlemania this builds up excitement and this show kind of gave you a picture into what they're building we kind of see that they're doing the three-way for the tag titles you got the five-way for the ladder match with north american title braun breaker versus dolph ziggler kind of seems like that's the nxt championship we didn't even mention cora jade uh attacking mandy rhodes in the toxic lounge following the the attack by toxic attraction on Raquel Gonzalez so it looks like we're going to get Cora's coordination at Stand and Deliver as well the winner of the Dusty Classic versus Toxic Attraction for the women's tag team titles so they kind of shaped out the card and it's kind of like it's kind of like AEW with like two or three weeks to go before a pay-per-view where no they haven't announced out any of the matches but you see what the card is going to be right right also gotta gotta say real quick uh, this 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 one popped me Saying how how is it so hard to say Dolph is a champion, but saying Jeff Hardy was champion was fine. One is a joke. 
Except it's not a joke, and I can't wait for the NXT champion Jeff Hardy to debut on AEW Dynamite. <laughs> Apparently not tonight because contracts and stuff. But that would be like three NXT champions that have arrived in AEW in the last like six months. Cole, Keith Lee, like more than that. Yeah, that's <laughs> Andrade, Malachi Black. Just let me go down that list. We'll, we'll keep going. We got to figure out how many who has more NXT champions on their roster, WWE or AEW. I think it might be AEW. That's crazy. Might be. That's they've insane. Got Pac. You know, they That's got they got Pack. Uh, there's there's a lot. That's insane there's, though. There's a lot. They got Pack. They got Andrade, Malachi Black, Keith Lee, Adam Cole. Oh. Now That's Jeff Hardy. Uh, yeah, Jeff Hardy still <laughs> is coming. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. Uh, Riot DR says, in reference to Indian Persia, you are dating your best friend's ex. Of course she hates Duke. So many bad friends. No Grizzle Jung vets make me sad, uh, but those dusty matches were mostly good. Tempest, I think you would look fab in pink and black. Thank you. I appreciate that. I, I, I don't disagree with you, but considering how long it took me to get this mask, uh, I'm not, not in, uh, in the mood for, for that whole process again, just yet. Uh, Mayor of Painesville, Dan, hi Dan, says, hey guys, hope you're having a, uh, a big one. Fun fact, during the Creed Brothers attack, one of the security guards was independent wrestler and former, since the pandemic, longtime WXW star, Alexander James. He seems to go by AJ Winkler now. Is he signed? You need a new name, sir. AJ Winkler. Ooh, that, that's, that's. Uh-uh. I don't like that, man. No, uh, no. That that says know, like <laughs> small time lawyer more than wrestler. Yeah, I was I was gonna say, is that Henry Winkler's son or something like that? I don't know. Uh, but of course, whenever Dan chats in, it's gotta be about uh, WXW in some form. Uh and then we've got a, a one I believe that's missed from Raw from Misha Sumra saying the thing about Raw and indeed all WWE programming is that it's being written for and slashed by one guy, Vince. Compare it to uh, compare it to other story writing processes. One that's more collaborative in nature, like say Legend of Vox Machida. Haha, this was intended for Pete. And you see the quality gap. You can always tell when when some of these are, are designed for one specific host. If it's about Yu-Gi-Oh, it's probably about me. It's about Vox Machida. It's probably about Pete. It's I'll get the Star Trek or something. Probably about Ollie. I'll start getting the basketball references. There you yeah. go. There you go. Give me the basketball references and like euphoria and power references. I'm here all day. Wow. You, <laughs> you got a very, you got a very good base here. We're starting with a good foundation. It, it, exactly. And then, and then the other super chat about Duke Hudson. I was like, man, they're trying so hard to be Nate, Cassie, and Maddie, but it's not uh -huh. coming across because Duke is not as much of a heel as Nate Jacobs. No, no one is. And you know what? I don't I don't know that I want to see a wrestling heel like Nate James Nate Jacobs. That I would probably I don't know. I don't want to see that. That that's a little too much. Uh Zoe Sung is back saying, Oh, right, on a completely unrelated note, Andrade is a far cry villain, right? He wears suits to the ring and a mask and just takes them off just before wrestling. He can't understand that people are friends without it being a working relationship, and he's crazy. <laughs> Makes sense to me. <laughs> you convinced me. You convinced. I'm sold. I'm sold already. Uh, I and I, I will. I will say again quickly that I am cautiously optimistic that we're about to get the Andrade run in AEW. I think they've had to hold off the Andrade run 
for Jeff Hardy to show up so they can kick Matt out, have him move over to Jeff Hardy and have Andrade take off in Matt's place. So yeah, fingers crossed. I'm hoping for big things for Andrade in the near future. Nate S says, I can, I can't not laugh at Ultima wagon. The best <laughs> yes. nickname yes. by far, in my opinion, what is the NXT 2.0 variant for SP three? What does SP3 stand for in this timeline? Oh, I have no idea. I've had Sock Puppet 3 when uh, yeah. everybody was with the Sock Puppets on Quizzlemania. Um, I, I believe Uptown Avondale has come up with various uh, variations of SP3, but I'll, I'll leave it up to you, to all of you in the in the live chat, ultra chats. Y'all can come up with the, the SP3 variant of 2.0. What is SP3 2.0? I have no idea. I'd be really scared to find out. Uh, and the last one's coming in. Uh, Ten Reza uh, says that with AKED coming over, uh, do you see them starting to bring NXT UK talent over and starting to wrap up NXT UK? Will NXT UK be a thing in 2023? Guys, get excited. It's Dynamite tonight. Jeff Hardy. Apparently, Jeff Hardy's not going to be there because of contracts, and he's a free agent tomorrow. But, like, let's just, like – pay them off have it be one day earlier just, chelsea green did that at one point like come on play just ball. have them have them appear on the rampage taping it's not going to play until friday when he's a free agent True. why not yes it's going to be spoiled to us on, on the internet but i don't care i want to see yeah. in AEW. i don't know if they could get away with that if it's like oh you appeared in front of a crowd so yeah whatever just you want to get sued and uh, our mod mother has wanted us to uh to remind everybody that we will be going to a new start time next week for nxt that being 2 p.m eastern 11 a.m pacific 6 p.m british time because of course we are transitioning into our new hosts of sp3 and our wonderful satin niangi and i I'm a bad host. I don't remember exactly who the hosts are for next week because it's I, like, well, I think it's it's Pete and someone, isn't it? Is it? Pete yeah, I believe. I know. I believe Pete it's Sat. Pete. I think it's Pete and Sat, and then yeah. the the week following is like Pete, Sat, and you, uh -huh. and then the week following that is the the thirtieth is the official start of the new era of Mocha 2.0 <laughs> of me and Sat reviewing NAC. Okay, I've got I've got it here. So yes, we will be going to the new start time next week. Can confirm. Those are in the chat. Thank you, mods. But next week will be uh, myself and Sat, and then the week after that will be myself, Sat, and SP3, and then finally on March 30th we get the first full-on Sat and SP3 NXT review. So make sure that you tune into all of those as we do go through this very exciting transition. Pete just managed to get out of doing all NXT things forever, it seems. He, he was supposed to be on this show. I don't know what happened there. But regardless. I'm fine, I'm fine for the Euphoria references because I wouldn't be able to do this with Pete. So thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that, my man. All right, SP3. So, I I've been largely staying away from this topic on Twitter just because I don't I don't care that much. But it's been going on and it's lasted a few days. 
What do you make of this CM Punk entrance theme discourse? Because I think this is the dumbest thing. It's it literally like I I'm like okay, me and you, we are more like hardcore wrestling fans. We watched Absolutely. the old school ROE, so it was instantly gonna pop us as soon as we heard like the 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 slow intro. Because I remember being 15 years old and watching CM Punk's entrance, and I'm like, when does this song even start? But <laughs> as soon as I heard it on Sunday, I I popped immediately because I knew they were going for it and then see the attire. So it was great for the hardcore fans but then you had excalibur fully explain fully explain what was going on so this entire discourse is very confusing to me it's like the it's i feel like it's you know when when there's an issue in wwe the wwe fans want to immediately say oh it's just the aew fans complaining this really feels like it's the wwe fans complaining because the wwe has a habit of knocking stuff over your head and being like in bold letters this is his ring of honor entrance and they didn't do that they just explained it fully on commentary they let the people enjoy it that knew what was going on and explained it to the people that didn't know so i'm not i just don't understand it it just seems like wrestling twitter needs something to go at each other about every week yeah it really does you know like i get it that there there's something to be said about like gatekeeping and like if you didn't know what the song was that's totally fine i'm not expecting every wrestling fan to know what this song was by any means i'm not i'm also not expecting the fans that don't know what it means to get mad about it though you know and there's there's that there's that side of it. I don't know why people would get mad about not knowing what an Easter egg was, you know, and being like, well, they shouldn't do it if I'm not going to know what it, what it was. What you, You're not going to explain it to me? Well, they did explain it to you. Yeah, but they shouldn't have to explain it to me. It's like, what, what, what are you arguing about? What do you want then? <laughs> What's your point? What What is what is your goal here? So I, I don't I don't understand that side of things whatsoever because to me easter eggs in wrestling and in all media shouldn't be like the point of the segment or the story direction or whatever but it's the little thing that makes it like oh just a little bit of seasoning it just makes it that much better it's the little thing you add on top makes the people in the know just kind of go hey that's pretty cool and that's exactly what this was like if you didn't know what cm punk's entrance was you can probably piece this together like he's really intense this feud is coming together it's culminating and he gets a really intense song like yeah that makes sense you don't even if it wasn't his old music if this was just new music the story would have made sense but because there's extra layers there which the announcers did explain to you (laughs) Like, like, I would totally understand this more if Excalibur didn't explain it. But, like, it just baffles my mind that this has become now a almost a week-long discourse about people who are upset they didn't understand it, people getting upset at the people that didn't understand it. You got, you you know, the screenshot of the guy that acts in, oh, am I missing something with the CM Punk entrance? And then literally people reply and tell him, and he's, like, great being, like, very vitriol to to all the people. And then CM Punk replies. But, of course, you know, we we don't tell the whole story we just screenshot the original tweet and cm punk's response and we try to you know market cm punk as being an a-hole as he usually is which he is i mean he has a history of that but this was not the case so it just ah it's frustrating being a wrestling fan 
it is sometimes you know i couldn't believe like i I was scrolling through twitter yesterday i was like this is still going like people are still arguing about this and this is just the dumbest thing the goddamn song like oh god i i could go into this for a long time but i will i will reserve myself but before before we get into nxt because we have to go and record the actual show I can't imagine like people in media from other me- like mediums, whether it be sports or whatever. Like imagine, imagine some reporters covering like Mariano Rivera's last baseball game and can't figure out why he comes out to enter Sandman or something. Like, and you're tweeting about it, like asking, like, "Am I missing the significance of of, of this?" Song? It's like, well, first do do some research. Because that's good. Because again, yeah. we're still media people. We're all media people, you know. So research is sometimes lost on wrestling media. I feel not all the time, not with everybody, but there's some. It's like just tweet, like what is this instead of Google. That's that's always a good thing. Just research in general before <laughs> making ass of yourself, you know. And then we wouldn't have any of this. No, none of this would have happened if a few people just would have opened up Shazam or something and just be like, what is this song? Regardless, that will do it for this episode of the Wrestle Talk podcast. Make sure, of course, that you give us a like and subscribe, and make sure to subscribe to wherever you get your podcasts for all your fine Wrestle Talk podcasts listening. We will, of course, be back tomorrow with our uh, AEW Dynamite review. I believe that's Luke and Ollie. And then, of course, we'll have the Friday show. We'll have Saturday with Pete and I reviewing SmackDown and Rampage. So until then, stay beautiful, and we will see you next time. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.